Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File. Great to have you along, whether you're listening live on a Sunday or uh, one of the many thousands who download this as a podcast. It's uh, great to have you along. I'm Andy Peck, your host. This week, what would you do if you discovered that your ministry had evaporated overnight? This was exactly what happened to many leaders with the advent of COVID-19 back in March when the UK faced its first lockdown. Well, this week, my guest found he, he had to pivot into a new ministry, which under God's hand has yielded much fruit. His name is Michael Harvey. He's convinced the answer to church growth is much simpler than many Christian leaders have made out. He's a developer of Back to Church Sunday, uh, the co-author of Unlocking the Growth, published by Lion Hudson, and founder of Unlocking the Growth uh, Trust. So it's welcome back to, to Michael. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be with you, Andy. Great to be with you. In an email that you sent me, you mentioned that things suddenly stopped in 72 hours. So perhaps you could take us back to those uh, days back in March. Yeah, it was a it was a terrible time, uh, Andy, because um, you know I had you know kind of bookings all the way through to you know for the whole of the year 2020, and in three days I just saw all of those uh, bookings evaporate, and it was it was awful, really. Kind of the email said, "I'm sure you will understand, Michael, but we're going to have to you know cancel." And it was like it was blow after blow after blow. It was just a really, really low moment and, you know, left me wondering, you know, what was going to come next? You know, and it, and it, and it really kind of took me kind of a, quite a few days just to kind of get over that. So, yeah, it was it was a um, it was an interesting period looking back. The tool you've developed, which we'll go on to a little later and how things kind of sparked off from that moment, from that low moment, uh, assumes a mindset that's been expressed by uh, Vincent Donovan. So perhaps you could outline his thinking and how that impacted you and uh, how you were approaching this issue. Vincent Donovan um, wrote a book called uh, Christianity Rediscovered. And one quote in that book uh, has really, you know, kind of incarnated within me. You know, it's, it's become part of my DNA, you know, and the quote goes like this. We make the mistake as Christians of thinking we're taking God with us into any given situation. Big mistake. God is already there. Our job is to find out what God is doing and join God in that ongoing conversation. And, and, I, and I think, you know, that really kind of vitalizes me because that, that means that I am not in charge of mission. God is in charge of mission, and my job is just to purely work out what God is doing in any given situation. And you know, as Donovan says, join in in that in that conversation. So you know that that really um, revolutionised the way that I look at mission. I understand he he developed that in part through his experience of East Africa in uh, some of his mission work. That's right. So this is you know kind of not just theoretical. You know, this is kind of a practical uh, mission. And and I think, you know, too often um, we can get into theoretical mission. You know, so we go on courses to talk about mission. We can, um, you know, uh, go on, you know, multiple week courses, um, but never actually kind of go and actually do it. And and so, you know, that's what really kind of interests me about Donovan's work is this was earned wisdom. 
you know, not theoretical um, thinking. It was something that he was living um, and then told everybody else in, in, in his book. In my introduction, I mentioned a little bit of some of your background and how you got into this. Um, uh, you know, that you were aware that many, many Christians are reluctant to invite people to church. And you felt that was a, a particular key to um, unlocking the growth that's potential within the UK church. But if you could just outline that before you um, talk us through the kind of approach that you now take. When I first um, started kind of surveying Christians, uh, and in the end it got to, you know, 14 countries, multiple denominations and streams, uh, there were two pieces of, of data which came from that by, by asking two uh, stupid questions. And the first stupid question was, you know, get in front of a normal congregation and say, is there someone, God, is nudging you to invite? So this was pre-pandemic. That was the basic question. Is there someone God is nudging you to invite? And so, and again, I would change the question depending on the denomination, the stream, you know, etc. But we'll go, we'll go into that. And what I found was that 70% of congregational members have the name of somebody that God is nudging them to invite. I mean, my goodness, Andy, 70% got the name of someone that God is nudging them to invite. You know, this is not, you know, it's not saying, right, think of somebody, you know, um, you know, this is God. Okay, so seven out of 10 have got somebody. And then the other stupid question I went around asking was, well, look, if 70% of us have got the name of somebody, what on earth is going on? And what I discovered there was 80 to 95% of Christians have no intention of inviting anyone. And I thought that that was the end for me. The end, what was the point, Michael? What is the point if 80 to 95% of us are not going to do this? Little did I realize that that was the piece of information that I needed. Because then when you look at it from a biblical perspective, which of the saints in the Bible actually wanted to answer the call of God? I mean, not many of them. You know, most of them hesitated or had questions about the call of God. And some of them, in fact, ran in the opposite direction of the call of God. So what I was discovering was that God calls, but number one, we haven't taught ourselves how to hear the nudge and prompt of God. And then secondly, um, we haven't reminded ourselves that they, it could involve a hesitation. It could involve us feeling discomforted by the call. In fact, I, I believe our generation of Christianity has gone the opposite way of saying that really it's only if God, you know, kind of finds you your place, you know, um, your, your, your parking space at the supermarket. Oh, that must be God. You know, oh, there's one place, you know, kind of free at the supermarket. Oh, that clearly it must be. I mean, it's rubbish, really. You know, kind of our Bible stories tell us that God um, 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 sometimes takes us to places that we don't want to go, Andy. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's, that's a, a helpful reminder for for when we are back gathering. We trust in in some point in the future. Uh, maybe maybe this coming year, twenty twenty one. So 
you you had this situation um you know you are typically traveling around you're helping people to invite people to gatherings that no longer seem to be happening and obviously back in march we're into national lockdown so so what was the next you you've come up with a uh, an approach which um how did that come about well you know andy sometimes god has to take things away precious things away so that you so something else you know kind of emerges mm. um i had been doing a little bit of online work with christians who would was were finding it difficult to answer the call of god just one-on-one -on -one mentoring one-on-one -on -one coaching and i wondered to myself um and and again when i, I now that i know this wondering to oneself you know kind of that god sometimes plants these ideas into your mind i wondered i wonder if i could do this with a group um you know a group of christians um so rather than one-on-one -on -one, could i do this with um as it's now become um one on six you know so me with six christians and um and could i do it over you know three consecutive weeks just for one hour each week um and the process i was using was called was called acon on the one-on-one -on -one work and i thought oh well let, let's see if it works you know with with six people uh, committing themselves uh, to um just three one hour uh, sessions um and 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 so it just started like that really just you know kind of give it a go who knows who knows what god is going to do with this and 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 that's how it began andy well you're listening to leadership file with me andy peck i'm joined this week by i'm marco harvey and we'll be back just after this and welcome back to the leadership file with me andy peck i'm joined this week by michael harvey michael uh, uh suffered a kind of cataclysmic period in his ministry when uh, because of COVID-19, all his bookings completely evaporated. Uh, and so as he was telling before the break of, of how that led him into uh, a different form of ministry. And uh, in the second part of the show, we're going to look particularly at the ACORN approach, which is an acronym, which uh, Michael's going to talk us through. So uh, ACORN stands for, Michael, the A stands for? A of the ACORN is ASK. The C of the ACON is call. The O of the ACON is obey. The R of the ACON is report. And the N of the ACON is notice. Notice uh, God. And so basically, kind of, um, I don't call it a course. It's not a course. Um, it's, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. And so from a, um, uh, I was brought up um, to have a quiet time. Um, it, 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 it was it was a spiritual practice, you know, and as a youngster, I was told, right, have a quiet time um, morning or, or evening, you know, get your Bible out, get your Bible reading notes out, um, uh, develop a prayer list. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. And that, you know, kind of um, was really important to me as a kind of a youngster. As I've been kind of really thinking about mission. I'm not so sure, you know, we have a way of life for evangelism, a way of life for mission. I don't think we've got one. It, it, it's, it's almost as if, you know, we've, be, we, we've become event Christians, you know, what, what I call event-itis. Oh, we've got this great event, great event, you know, kind of, you know, this is, 
won't be cringy. Oh no, you know, it's going to be really great this event. And so we've become event inviting Christians. Well, some of us have. Sure. Um, yeah. But what would be what would be the way of life of of a slightly different approach, which which is to acknowledge that it's God that's doing the inviting, i.e. going back to that idea, the Donovan idea, that it's God, you know, that's leading mission. We're just joining in with the mission that God is doing. So this is how ACON works. So the A of the ACON is ask, as I said. And so every day um, with the ACON group, we pray this following prayer, which is, Lord, today, is there someone, God, you're nudging me to connect with outside of the church family? Really simple prayer. Just pray every single day. I always say to people, you know, we haven't got great memories. We've got great forgetteries, us Christians. Oh, my goodness, we can forget our own names. So try and find a way of pasting on the inside of your eyelids or put it on your mirror. Find a way to remember. So the A is ask. We start with the ask. And, you know, theologically, you know, that's where Jesus started. You know, Father, you know, I need to be about my father's business. You know, kind of, um, you know, it, it was it was really, you know, kind of, Father directed. So, Lord, today, is there someone you want me to connect with outside of the church family? The C of the acorn is that God will call. God will call. Now, the thing is, this is the low budget version of God's call. So I can't promise writing on the wall. Can I just apologize to everybody? No writing <laughs> okay. on the wall. You know, actually, some of you might be really kind of pleased about that. But anyway, kind of. Um, or there's um, there's no parting of the red pond in your city or your village, you know, so, you know. But God may lay somebody in your heart, place somebody in your mind. God may get somebody to knock on your door, ring your phone. You're out walking, you see somebody. All of a sudden, God calls you. God calls you. And so, in these seven days, we're practicing asking and hearing the call, asking and calling. So let's say God has called you. And again, that needs practice. I call that the Eli Samuel moment. Did you call me? No, go back to bed. Did you call me? No, go back to bed. This is the Eli Samuel moment. We haven't practiced this as much as we could do in our generation of Christianity. Anyway, the, so then, then we move to the O, which is the obey, which is obey. So then when we're called by God, uh, all we simply do is we pick up the phone or we pick up our video technology and we simply dial the person that God has brought to our attention and we simply say the following three words. Very difficult, this, Andy. Very difficult. We've got to try and get these words in the right order. Very difficult. So here's the three words. How are you? Um, now, sometimes people say, "Ah, oh, how you? And, you know, it just gets messed up a little bit. But it's, it's how are you? Now, you might think that's stupid. Oh, you, it can't be that. It can't be how are you? Um, but listen, if God can get away in Genesis with where are you? Surely, surely <laughs> we can get away with how are you? Fair and again, enough, yeah. theologically, yeah, theologically, if you think about it, in the Gospels, Jesus asked more questions than he was asked himself. 
306 questions versus 180 that he was asked. So therefore, I think we're on a an okay pathway with with asking that question. And of course, you know, kind of what I'm trying to do is getting people to listen to what the God conversation that's already going on in somebody's mind. Now, many of you, everybody in the UK knows what the answer to how are you is. Everybody knows that the answer to how are you is fine. You know, your left leg might be dropping off, <laughs> but you're fine. That's a UK answer, of course, it isn't is indeed. it? Um, uh, so you just don't have to reset the question, really, how are you? And then listen listen very very carefully so those are the first three letters Andy of 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 ACON okay no it sounds it sounds a very wonderfully simple um approach and um one that most people could do if they had the courage for to do the first bid I guess the asking because I think we're quite most of us are quite nervous and frightened that God may actually answer that question (laughs) you know God have you got anyone you want me to speak with or, or to pray for or whatever. Yeah. So ACO. So let's move on to the R. Who do you report yep. to? Yeah. So, so here's the, uh, here's the kind of the, um, um, the keep uh, another key part of the kind of the process is that, um, you know what, you know, we've lost testimony. We've lost testimony out of, uh, out of Christianity. Or the only testimony we even think of is, you know, we're, we're having an event. We've got to have a proper testimony. Can't have an ordinary testimony. Has nobody been in a prison cell? You know, their tattoos fell off, their chains are free. You know, it, it, we've gone ridiculous, honestly. Ridiculous with testimony. But ordinary, everyday testimony. Um, and so we call it a report. You know, it's, 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 it's a report. It's like the Acts of the Apostles. You know, ordinary, you know, reporting. And so... We report to the other five people in the group and and we tell them, you know, what has actually happened, you know, with praying this prayer for seven days. Um, and and I tell you, some of the reports are so ordinary, but they're ordinarily thrilling yeah. um, because it, it shows that God just works in the ordinary stuff in our lives. We're just not noticing, you know, that God is 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 working. So yeah, the fourth element is report, which then moves us to the fifth element. So what we do as the as the group of six is we notice uh, what God is doing in the person who's reporting, and then we notice what God is doing through them. So in them and through them, which again brings back to my um, um, my view that we've made a catastrophic error in Western Christianity of separating mission and discipleship. It's our mission and formation. It's a catastrophe for us. You know, um, why we ask those two questions, what is God doing in us? So that maybe when we go in mission, God is discipling us. God is forming us. You used the word courage before. So God, you know, kind of is sparking our courage so that we can become confident that God is go is working behind us, at the side of us, in front of us. Um, but also that then God is working through us. So, so the two things come together. And, um, and so when we notice what God is doing in the present, I think another thing which I think has happened to us is 
as Christians, we've, bec we've become studiers of the past. Studiers of the past. All the good stuff happened 2,000 years ago. Now, I'm not saying good stuff didn't happen 2,000 years ago. Of course it did. But it's there to, um, to learn from. And the thing that we have now is the present. The thing that we're not concentrating on in Western Christianity is the present. We either study the past or we kind of say, oh, revival's coming at some point in the future. But we're missing out on the present, Andy. That's oh, fabulous stuff. Um, thank you so much, Mike. I think this will be uh, a great encouragement to, to many listening. And uh, Jesus himself said, didn't he, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And, and then in that sense, that's what we're we're doing as we're asking these kind of questions. Michael, just to, as we sadly have to, to close our conversation, this time last year, uh, Premier Christianity ran a, uh, an article entitled that 2020 was going to be the year of evangelism. Um, and the author has just uh, revisited that uh, article and talked to some of the people who had anticipated it being a year of evangelism, asked them what they thought. Um, my question to you is you've been traveling around and then as you've reflected on these last this pandemic, what, what do you what do you make of the church with respect to evangelism? And I think, you know, you've already hinted at that in, in our conversation, but perhaps you could be a bit more explicit in um, in your view. I think I think essentially uh, 2020 for the church has been a year of uh, a pretty um, interesting panic. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of it's been a, a year of trying to work out, you know, how to get our online acts of worship up and running um, and and then to be technically proficient at our online acts of worship. Now, there's nothing wrong with what I've just said there, but there's been a lot of internal uh, looking at, you know, kind of um, making sure that we're, um, the people we've already got are pastorally, you know, looked after through our acts of worship, through our Bible study. So there's no doubt about it, that essentially we have discovered technology like Zoom, like Teams, and, you know, there's a lot of activity, you know, kind of the church has not disappeared you know, kind of um, whisper it, God may have closed our buildings, however, to let the Christians out, you know, so that we're in our neighbourhoods. And, and, and even, even more interestingly than that, not only are we now in our neighbourhoods, um, but we were forced out on a Thursday evening, Andy. Can you imagine this? We were first forced out on a Thursday evening, 8pm. We all had to come out awesome. because we had to clap for the carriers. <laughs> and we, disco we discovered we have neighbours. Can you imagine that? We have Christians have neighbours. I thought it was a theological concept. I had no idea. Neighbours, and even better than that, they lived on either side of us. You know, so um, during this year, the Christians have been let out. And so we're in neighbourhood now. And many Christians have started WhatsApp groups and, you know, kind of connected with their community, with their neighbourhoods. And so, you know, the... The, the message, you know, was this the year of evangelism? Was this the year of good news? Well, you know, part of the good news is that the Christians, you know, have, you know, kind of been more visible in community than perhaps we have been uh, before. And it's time for Christians to connect with the big questions which are out there. So in one sense, the church has been concentrating on the acts of worship on the, on the other hand, I think 
uh, ordinary Christians have been dispersed into community. Yeah. Well, thank you. No. Um, and just my final question, Michael, is as you anticipate 2021, when, when churches are gathering again, will you be doing the kind of things you were doing, uh, you know, in, in, 20, in 2019, for example? Or do you think your own ministry is going to adjust or maybe you don't know the answer to that at this stage? Yeah, I mean, it's. I see. The thing is, Andy, I don't know. I mean, I love uh, being on the stage. I'm really sorry, you know, to say that. I really love. It. I really miss, you know, being in front of people. I, yeah. I, I do miss that, you know. So I got to be really honest about about that. And you've got us taken that away, you know, kind of from me. And um, but, you know, something new has opened up. I, I think what has happened. Um, of trying to actually connect with the call of God um, and help uh, Christians uh, is going to really change the way um, I do ministry moving moving forward. No longer will I be only wanting to do a seminar and um, I'll be wanting to work with a, a group of Christian Christians before I even get anywhere near a seminar so that after I have gone, there's a group of Christians who not only have uh, have understood this theoretically, but I've had a go at it, had a go. And so, you know, I, I think I don't want to do theoretical Christianity anymore. I want to, I, I want it to be practical and for people to almost like the Blue Peter moment. Here's a group we did earlier. Yeah. You know, so we talk about Ethereum, but here's the group we did earlier. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do, you know, kind of uh, seminars that don't end up in anything, Andy. Fabulous. Thank you. And for overseas listeners, Blue Peter is a, a TV show for children where uh, often there would be a, a, a pre um, explanation of something or a, a, a model that was made that. Um, most most of my generation will understand Michael's <laughs> reference there. So thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's been fabulous to chat with you and exciting to hear of all that God's doing. This has literally been throughout the British Isles, yes? Yeah, throughout from the top of the, the UK uh, up into Inverness and the Western Highlands of Scotland, down to the south coast uh, of the UK and actually into, into Europe as well. So we've got some ACON groups working in the Netherlands uh, as well and um, so, yeah, and, you know, if anybody wants to kind of get in contact, uh, then please do. Michael at weekend, weekendofinvitation.com um, and the website is uh, weekendofinvitation.com. So, you know, feel free to connect with me through that. And I'd love to start more ACON groups, you know, um, and so feel free, you know, to connect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, do log on to Premier's own website and you can find archive recordings of the leadership file, including this one in due course. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at four. Thanks for tuning in.